0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. To you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No. When I entered the military out of high school, I was uh, given some good advice by my older brother who had entered the Navy three years before, as well as other veterans, and basically all their advice was the same. Don't stick out, right? Whatever you do, don't stick out. If you can, you know, don't be the tallest, don't be the shortest, there's only so much that you can do about that, but, but don't be the fastest and don't be the slowest. Uh, Don't be the smartest, don't have all the answers, and and don't be the dumbest, right? Try to get next to that other person who's worse than you, right? And there was this uh, idea which actually worked very well. You know, just don't be noticed, don't stick out, and you make it through, right? We have this uh, kind of expression, right? The nail that sticks out gets the hammer. And that's very true in basic training. But it's also true, we kind of see in our culture as a whole, that our culture very much values not sticking out. Even interestingly enough, the the one kind of cultural thing of sticking out is partly not sticking out. So there's this kind of movement that's been happening uh, called hipster. And it's kind of cool to, like, stick out and not to be like everybody else. But totally in the process of not being like everybody else and trying to stick out, you're totally, like, part of, you know, a hipster group. And so it's, it's an interesting thing that even the group that wants to stick out doesn't really stick out. They're actually, you know, part of fitting in, in the midst of it all. So uh, we, as humans, though, don't like to stick out. And so when we do... We try to say, well, there's got to be something wrong with me. I've got to try to conform to everybody else around me. However, we as Christians do and should stick out. And we don't like that because that causes problems. We see in the first reading, which we only get a small context. It's very unfortunate because we only see this small little interaction of Prophet Jeremiah. But Prophet Jeremiah is this prophet during this time of Israel when Israel needs to know the hard truth. The fact is, is that Israel has left God and that Jeremiah is an authentic prophet of God telling them that guess what? The situation's bad. The situation's bad, and it's going to go worse for you before it gets better. But nobody wants to hear that. And Jeremiah sticks out because he's following God. He sticks out so much that that it says he is not interested in the welfare of the people, but in their ruin, and they seek to put him to death. Well, the interesting thing is that he is concerned about the welfare of the people. He's just not concerned about their approval. And in that difference, seeking their true good and not their, just their approval, he sticks out and is thrown in a cistern and tried to be killed, right? Well, we as Christians also have a history of that being the case. Not that we try to seek ruin for other people, but in the light that we shine and in the, in the holiness that we seek, at times stick out and actually are persecuted. Jesus, of course, is the primary example of this, right? He came and just by his very presence caused this unrest, this division that actually brought about his persecution and death, right? His crucifixion. He reminds us, he knows that this is going to be the case for his disciples as well. And so he uh, talks to them in, in John Uh, chapter 15 and he says if the if the world hates you know that it's hated me first the world will hate us as Christians even even uh, especially today I think you know sometimes we we imagine that we're in a Christian culture and certainly we we are in the remnants of a Christian culture but there are people today in our community in our community of Rice Lake who do not know who Jesus is they might know the name of Jesus, oh yeah, he's some guy, but they have, they have no idea who Jesus is. Our culture today, even though that it has the remnants of a Christian culture and some values, has promoted values that are contrary to Christianity. And so we will stick out if we authentically follow Christ. But interestingly enough, it's not just in a world that's separated from Christ, but sometimes even in a church that's separated from Christ. Because what sticks out? Well, somebody following God and somebody not. And so we have certain examples of of saints who uh, followed God and were stuck out and got hit. One of them, uh, one of the examples is Saint John of the Cross. Saint John of the Cross lived in the late 1500s in Spain and he was a Carmelite monk. And he looked around him and he saw that the Carmelites weren't really, their religious order wasn't always living up to what they were originally founded on. And they didn't always pray as much as they should and they they weren't as charitable as they should. And they weren't really following Jesus Christ in all that they said and did. And so St. John of the Cross wanted to help reform the Carmelite orders and to bring these monks into a closer relationship with God. But as he started to do that, the monks weren't as interested in that process. And so the monks, actually his very own monks, kidnapped him, threw him in a jail, beat him up, and tried to starve him in order to stop him from this reforming of their Carmelite order. This is even within a religious order. If you properly follow Jesus Christ, you will be hit. You will be persecuted. You will be hated by the sin in our own lives and in the lives of others. So, what did Jesus come to do? Well, you know, in many of our ideas, um, we imagine that Jesus Christ came, right, to establish peace. After all, his title is Prince of Peace, Wonder, Counselor, right? This amazing presence that just brought peace and that brought unity and that was able to heal people and bring consolation and comfort and truth in the midst of it all. And so there are certain times and certain interpretations of Jesus in Scripture that we want to say Jesus came to bring us all into one and a perfect peace. But we have to understand in distinction of what kind of peace and what the preparation for that peace is. That Jesus himself in Scripture today and who Jesus truly is says, you, you think I came to establish peace on earth? No. No. His very words tell us that he did not come to establish peace on earth But instead, division. Now, if this wasn't the Word of God, if this wasn't Scripture, most people would say, this doesn't sound like Jesus. This isn't Jesus. You know, this this couldn't be what Jesus said. But it is. It is the very words of Jesus Christ. The Jesus Christ who suffered and died for us on the cross. Who we come here to celebrate and worship. He's in this. We want to say that Jesus came to reconcile sinners and that He ate with sinners, but He didn't didn't, uh, affirm us in our sin, but instead also, as much as He at times ate with sinners, there were times when He didn't eat with sinners. There was times when He comforted those who were in sin and called them out of their sin, and there were certain times that He did that through comfort, and there were certain times that He did that through calling them out as a brood of vipers. Jesus, we see, is more complex than just bringing consolation and peace in every single situation, but sometimes brings division. So, what are we called to be? Well, we're called to be in the world, but not of it. When we talk about not being in the world, we don't talk about just the the physicalness, but we see that the world is evil, that there is evil in the world. And that we're called to not be part of that evil of the world, but instead called out of it to be a light in that. Scripture says we're called to be pleasing to God and receive human approval. We're called to, as we follow God, to receive human approval. But we realize that that's not always possible, right? Romans chapter 12 says it, which I think really puts this in context. Romans chapter 12 says, If it is possible, as for it depends on you, Live in peace with everyone. I'll repeat that again. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. But we realize that it's not always possible. And it doesn't always depend on us. I look at it sometimes in a, in a military you know, uh, a fashion. And within just war, we understand that there are certain just wars that need to be fought in order to establish true peace. It's not because we desire war or we devi- desire fighting, but because there's violence that's being taken place and that we need to establish. Just as much as Jesus Christ called us to turn the other cheek, He also calls us to protect the innocent, the poor, the orphan. And I think one of the primary examples that war and sometimes the absence of peace that sometimes we need to, you know, fight is World War Two, where there were certain people who said, well, let's not get involved in that. Right. But there were people being murdered and that we're actually called to step in and fight for the truth and that as we do that, we might be attacked as well. Second, but we live in a world today that also at times does violence to the world and violence to human people even though it's sometimes not obvious. Second Timothy chapter 4 says time will come when people will not endure sound teaching. I think this is absolutely true today where people do not endure sound teaching. We see this within the church We see this within Christianity. We see this within the United States. We see this within the world that people do not endure sound teaching. Now, there's a lot of teaching that's up for debate exactly how to deal with the healthcare crisis. It's not as if it's a black and white thing. There's a lot of different ways to solution. I'm not talking about those type of sound teachings. I'm talking about abortion, euthanasia. I mean, those are just black and white obvious things. Life is precious, but yet people do not endure sound teaching today. And one of the other things, you know, we're talking about Jesus, that sometimes He doesn't always act in the way that we want Him to. We're always in the way that we kind of expect Him to, because we don't always know who Jesus Christ is, that He's a complex person that actually gives us a lot more than just a pat on the back, right? And one of the examples of this is that Jesus... Uh, this was actually just the reading this Friday, is that he brought division in some of his words and continues to bring division in some of his words. One of the things that he says that are from his very mouth is that he says, if a man divorces a woman and marries another, he commits adultery. Now, we are called to follow Jesus Christ. And we should be passionately in love with him. So to kind of set that up a little bit more, I want to take a step back. So if you're passionately in love with somebody, you desire their good, right? You want everything that's good for them. But in that passionate love for that person, you're also passionately against what might be bad for that person or harm that person. That's the reason why parents are passionately against their children playing with poison. Okay? It's kind of obvious, right? But... Uh, they're passionately against what might harm their children well in the same way the church is passionately in love with you and desires your good and in that is passionately against sin and evil in the world God is passionately in love with you We see that because he was willing to suffer and die on the cross. And in that passionate love for us, he desires everything that's good for us. And desires us to fully become who God made us to be. And in that, he's passionately against sin and evil in this world. So much so that he's willing to cause division. He's willing to make a whip of cords and drive out the money collectors in the temple. These are not normal actions that we sometimes expect of Jesus. That he calls out and actually says that those who divorce and marry another commit adultery. This is not just church teaching. This is not my opinion. I did not come up with this. Jesus himself said it out of love for you and the church continues to hold it because out of love of Jesus Christ and desire to be with him in peace. But that sometimes causes division. And today, we should be okay with that. Jesus did not come to bring peace in the world, but division. And there are certain things, certain sin and evil, which will divide families, which will divide friends. And that's okay. We do everything that's possible to bring peace, to be peace with everybody, but yet there are certain things that that doesn't work. Now, what are we to do? Are we supposed to stand on the street corner and, you know, yell at everybody, right? Are we called to now, you know, call up all of our family and friends who we know are in different ways? No. Okay. When it's possible, when it's in our case, remain at peace with everyone. We're called to judge, of course, ourselves first. Jesus says, You know, you want to remove the speck in the other person's eye, but first remove the log in your eye. Now, it's important that we do desire to remove the speck in others' eyes to help them as well, and especially in our Christian community. We're called to call other Christians into living Christianity in a greater way. We're we're not called to judge other communities as much as our very own community, but we're also primarily... First of all, called to judge ourselves, to remove that log. And Jesus, at times, causes division and unrest in ourself. Now, Jesus desires us to be at peace, right? And that the Holy Spirit at times does cause uh, an amazing peace within our ourselves, within our heart when we pray, when we desire to be with Him. We should experience a certain amount of peace when we come to Mass, when we pray, when we do His will. But also within our heart should be a certain amount of unrest because not all of our sin and evil has been rooted out. We have not been perfectly purified by the fire of the Holy Spirit that cleanses and purifies our hearts and our lives to be ready for Him in Heaven. And so, in our life, There will be a certain amount of struggle and unrest. We hear this especially in the second reading today, where St. Paul, or in the letter to the Hebrews, talks about, he says, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race. Now, when we run a race, although a first few steps might be okay, right after the first few steps, it starts hurting, right? There's a struggle. There's a a kind of an unrest and, and our body tells us and says, well, you should just stop, right? Stop running and then I won't hurt you anymore, right? And then it'll be okay. And sin does the same thing with us. It says, hey, you know, it really hurts that you're trying to fight against me. Why don't you just make a truce with me? Why don't you just stop running and then it won't hurt? Then you'll be at peace. And that's what Jesus wants, right? He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be comfortable. Well, no, we should say Jesus actually doesn't desire me primarily to be comfortable and at peace. But ultimately desires us to be with him, which requires us to run the race to struggle. And ultimately, in the final line of the the second reading today, it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Shedding blood. That division, that separation, that struggle that we're called called to be. So in our life, we're called to cause at times that division, to be aware of that division, so that we might struggle after Christ. Because Christ primarily desires us not to just be comfortable, not to just be comfortable and at peace in this world, but ultimately to actually be unrestful. To be able to acknowledge that I'm not made for this world, that there's certain things in my life that aren't who I am made to be. And we know that God's mercy is, and that His love is so abundant, that no matter what our sin is, no matter what our struggle is, that He's there with us. But He doesn't just pat us on our back and say, Hey, that's just fine. Keep on doing what you're doing. But actually calls us and says, hey, I made you. I love you. I I passionately love you so much that I want so much more for you. I want you to be perfect with me in heaven. And that will require division. That will require suffering. That will at times require unrest and a lack of peace. Ultimately for that final peace that God desires to give us. So may we be okay with that unrest, that division that might happen in ourselves, in our family, and in the world. But seek the ultimate good and the true Jesus Christ who came and suffered and died for us.